what is happening guys we are back again with another one of these kind of q a type episodes of the podcast of the youtube channel okay so again for everyone who didn't see the first one you can get these in both an article format you can get them in an audio format and you can get them in a video format so whatever suits your learning style your tastes your time whatever you know so in today's one we're going to talk through a question well it's a number of questions that we get because we are quite big i would say advocates of cardiovascular work and a lot of stuff in the fitness industry kind of demonizes cardiovascular work they kind of make it out as if doing cardio is going to make you lose all kinds of gains you know whether you're a skinny person you're basically going to go 100% catabolic and lose what little gains you have or if you're a mass monster or a big bodybuilder and you do cardio you're going to lose all the gains you're, you're going to be skinnier than the skinny guy you know so that's kind of the message that's put out and people kind of just take that on board and just stop doing cardiovascular work but it completely disregards all of the athletes that do actually do cardiovascular work and are still jacked and are still muscular like you look at like sports like rugby or like strongman and stuff or even powerlifting like there's like your man Milanichev or whatever however you say his name he does like six kilometer runs and stuff but completely disregard all of those they're outliers because that just fits the the method or the what the gurus say in the fitness industry do your cardio zero gains okay but we generally put out the message that that is in fact false and you can do cardiovascular work and still get gains and in our experience you're actually going to enhance the gains that you get you know and that is somewhat what the scientific literature would say however there are quite a lot of poor studies that don't account for calories don't account for volume don't account for a whole host of things and that would lead you to assume from those studies that doing cardiovascular work is going to make you lose all your gains okay so if you are bought into it and you're going okay cool we're going to believe these two skinny guys and start doing some cardio i'm going to start getting fitter because i want to be fitter because the majority of people listening here they aren't looking to be the next mass monster they aren't le- looking to be the absolute biggest sidewalk cracking person in their entire i don't know universe whatever and they're just looking to be fit healthy and be able to you know go about their daily life and be pain free and not be held back by their body shall we say you know they're able to go out and play football with their kids they're able to run for the bus they're they're not held back by their body failing them in a physical demand that's what most people are looking for most people that are listening to this that's the kind of feedback that we get people just want to be able to human well you know so doing some cardiovascular work does actually facilitate you being able to human well okay so the thing about cardio is a lot of people do more cardio and then see all the detriments that we're saying not you or that you won't see you know they see themselves they see their strength go down they see their their weight go down in the scale they see all these things and Generally, it's because they haven't come in with a graded approach to cardiovascular work that they just decided, oh, I'm going to start running now. And they just add in two 
10k runs to their week they just went from zero kilometers per week up to 20 kilometers per week and they wonder why they're seeing a detriment to that they didn't change their calories they didn't change their recovery methods from what they were previously doing they just added more and then all of a sudden they saw stuff go down okay so when i'm saying it and i'm laying it out like that it seems pretty obvious what the issue is however that's not actually what i want to get into today so in the militia we're going to describe we're going to go through a good few articles like we have them all planned out and we have some training programs planned out etc all that kind of stuff so if you're looking at or you're looking into how should i actually be laying this out how should i actually integrate all of these different things that i want to achieve like go to the militia that's where you're going to find all of that stuff that's that greasy salesman pitch out of the way um but now into the nuts and bolts of this question so people are asking how how do i know if i should add more cardio or how do i know if i'm getting fitter that kind of general question those are the two kind of general questions that are kind of the same question uh that we get quite often so people are kind of going how do i know if i'm getting fitter how do i objectively know if i'm getting fitter yeah the runs that i'm doing or the the cycling that i'm doing or the swimming or whatever modality it is that i'm doing is getting a little bit easier but is that just a subjective feeling you're enjoying it a little bit more you know maybe the weather has changed it's sunnier etc etc there's so many other variables that are going into it that you're kind of questioning yourself whether you are actually making cardiovascular progress or you're just subjectively telling yourself you're just placeboed yourself you know and then also we're getting people going i've been doing some cardiovascular work but how do i know if i'm actually progressing because if you go to the gym you lift some weights you know if you're progressing or not because oh yeah i was using the 30 kilos and now i'm using the 40 kilos i've progressed it's pretty straightforward it's very straightforward in terms of there was the smaller number i'm now doing the bigger number i'm stronger so you can pretty objectively track that you know same with you know your physique you we've talked about it before tracking your physique i think it was the last episode we talked about you know the scales and stuff you know there's a huge amount of metrics that you can use to track your physique especially the mirror and stuff so you can see things see things are changing however when you look at your cardiovascular work unless you're being competitive you're doing like i don't know marathons 10k runs tough mothers spartan races that kind of stuff unless you're objectively tracking some sort of metric in terms of performance you kind of get lost and you kind of go well am i actually improving or is it just you know i I think i am so we'll kind of dive into it that's what the article dives in a little bit deeper in but to give you a a kind of quicker synopsis of what we discuss in the article there's kind of four things that you can use to somewhat objectively track if you are progressing and then you can use that as a barometer of should i add more or should i be doing something different or should i you know change up the modalities that i'm using okay so the first one it's pretty straightforward pretty easy to get especially with the the convenience these days in having you know heart rate monitors on your wrist like fitbits and you know nokia watches and all those other kind of watches garmin watches whatever it is you know having wearable fitness trackers in watch form makes this next thing very easy to track and what i'm talking about is your resting heart rate now you could wake up in the morning because that's generally the best time to get it unless of course you're waking up to an alarm and your house is on fire and all other kind of stressors are going off and but even still generally 
the first thing in the morning is the best time to get your resting heart rate. And um, some people like sitting down, some people like standing, some people like lying down. I actually don't really care as long as we're consistent in our measurement. So if you take your measurement and it's always just before breakfast, after you've gone down the stairs and had a glass of water and you sit down on the sofa, cool just standardize that and just measure it all the time because we're not actually looking for the exact resting heart rate that like yeah for certain modalities certain things certain you know protocols we are looking for a more exact number but what we're actually looking for with measuring and tracking our resting heart rate is a trend in a certain direction much like we're looking at with weight when we're looking at a weight loss diet or whatever you know we're looking at the trend the day-to-day -day variance isn't so important it's more so the trend in the right direction that's what we're looking at so with the resting heart rate there are some brackets that you'd like to be in generally you know they say a uh, uh, normal population is somewhere in that 60 to 90 range however if you're looking after your health and you're looking to be the healthiest human you can be we like somewhere in that kind of 45 to 60 bracket and that's not to say that that is where we want everyone to be because you know for some people being that fit is detrimental to their overall goals and for some people they just run a little bit higher on the resting heart rate like they might have just they might be super fit but just have a resting heart rate of 65 and it's causing no problems you know so generally that's kind of the range we use 45 to 60 although the lower you go than say 50 you know we potentially are running into some issues but we won't get that in, into that here we do discuss it a little bit in the article but somewhere in that range that range as a resting heart rate is pretty good to go so if you are looking to bring in more cardio or you're looking to bring in cardio full stop do a little tracking of your resting heart rate either in the morning or just throughout the day you know if you have a fitness watch Cool. if you have to use your two fingers pulse on the wrist or on the neck or whatever it is just track it over time and that's what you want to measure your fitness against if your resting heart rate is going down cool we're on the right direction with our overall cardiovascular fitness okay so that does give you some indications of how things are moving whether you should bring in more or perhaps even reduce it if you have been doing two cardio sessions per week and you've been stuck at 65 perhaps doing some more cardiovascular work is going to benefit you especially if you've only been doing you know maybe 30 minutes twice per week maybe bumping that up to 40 minutes twice per week is all you'll need to do to see some improvement so when i'm saying increase your the volume of cardiovascular work i'm not talking about or add an extra hour per week or add an extra you know 30 mission 30 minutes per session you know small additions in the volume of cardiovascular work you're doing will add up and you should see improvement also i would suggest ensuring you're doing the right kind of cardiovascular work for your goals because in modern fitness health whatever this industry you want to call it we again have pushed away from that doing low intensity, slow or steady state cardio, and it's all high intensity, it's all high intensity. You have to realize that the high intensity work, while, the, while it does improve your aerobic fitness to some extent, it's not going to improve it as much as doing lower intensity cardiovascular work. So while it's more time efficient in terms of you only have to do whatever, 15, 20 minutes high intensity workout, um, and you have to do 30 40 minutes of a lower intensity workout you have to look at the adaptations you're getting from them and we've discussed them before in the militia we've discussed discussed them before on facebook instagram etc i think we've even discussed them on the podcast so 
we have discussed it and obviously we discuss it more in depth in the militia if you are looking to look into what those adaptations are and how to tailor your program to those but just realize you should be doing the correct kind of cardio for your overall goals and in this instance <clears throat> if you're looking to get cardiovascularly fitter i would suggest the majority of people at least start out with aerobic fitness you know and what i mean by that is you know staying below the level of heart rate that pushes you into an anaerobic zone so keeping your heart rate generally i like somewhere you know if you get 180 minus your age we'll call that your cutoff for your aerobic system any your heart rate any higher than that you're moving more anaerobic now obviously that's not a hard and fast rule but it's a good general kind of guideline okay so realize you have to do the right kind of cardio to get the kind of adaptations you want the exact same with strength training like saying you want to build muscle and all you do is triples and doubles like yes you may build some muscle but it's not going to be as much muscle or as quickly or you're not going to as quickly build that muscle as if you were doing more hypertrophy specific work okay so do realize that the adaptation matters and therefore the protocol you use matters so resting heart rate get it down a little bit lower perhaps you need to add a little bit more volume perhaps you just need to reduce your volume because you're happy with your resting heart rate and you want to push on with other metrics you know the next thing you can use is heart rate variability training because although using your heart your resting heart rate or even your heart rate throughout the day is a good snapshot of where things are using your heart rate variability uh, will give you a little bit more in-depth understanding of that there are some issues with heart rate variability there are some pros there are some cons but it's like with any system like you use it for what it is it is a snapshot of what you're looking to track with that so we're looking at the you know the, the variability between your heart rates quite obviously with your heart rate variability and you can use different tracking apps for this do realize that although we give recommendations in the article each app or each method you use like if you use you know a phone camera sensor the, the photo sensor it's going to be different than if you use a fitness watch and it's going to be different if you use a chest strap and then it's also going to be different if you use different apps to track those so again like with resting heart rate it's not so much the actual number that we're looking for it's the trend over time that we're looking for. With heart rate variability, with most of the apps, you are going to have to do it every single day to get a clearer picture of what's going on. And that does kind of put some people off because they're like, oh, I'm always rushing in the morning and I need to get this done and this done and this is an extra five minutes that I just don't have. So that is generally what people kind of put forward as a complaint against it. However, it's not that hard to kind of sit down, two, three minutes, get your heart rate variability and away you go with your day you know so it does give you some metrics to track to see if your fitness is improving so if your heart rate variability is going up again you're going to presume your fitness is improving however there is this little kind of workaround we'll say or this issue with heart rate variability where if you are under recovering your heart rate variability will also go up so you might be like oh cool i started off and my heart rate variability was 60 and now it's up at 90 and it's like, okay, you just introduced like three extra cardio sessions, didn't uh, increase your calories, didn't change anything about your resistance training program, and now you're under-recovered, and that's why your heart rate variability is up so high. So do pay attention. We will begin going deeper on heart rate variability in the militia, so it is something that you do have to understand a little bit more, but it is actually a pretty 
easy and intuitive to see tool to track your actual cardiovascular fitness. So again, HRV, <coughs> different apps, different <coughs> modalities of tracking it, and it should give you a general indication of what's going on. Now, you can also use, if you don't want to get into, you know, buying a certain app or buying a certain product or whatever, using your heart rate for a given session. Obviously, you do have to have some sort of measurement tool to get your heart rate for that given session. So you're probably going to have to buy, you know, a heart rate monitor either around your chest or around your wrist. But having an idea of what your heart rate level is at and how it changes through a given session. So if you have a fixed session, I don't care if it's a leg training session, if it's a bicep training session, whatever it is, if it's a cardiovascular training session, probably even better. But as long as you can see, I did this given workout, I progressed in this given workout and my heart rate throughout the workout has stayed lower. So you would presume then that you are fitter, okay? Again, it's a little bit easier with cardiovascular work for a given workout because you can go okay well I ran 10 kilometers and my average heart rate was 170 and now I ran 10 kilometers and my average heart rate was 140 and the time I ran it in was comparable therefore I'm fitter same thing again if you're doing a leg workout or whatever it's a little bit more variable because you know you're not doing the cardiovascular work essentially although I would argue that you you kind of are as well and um, it is a little bit harder to track, but you should get a, a rough understanding that I did X workout, same amount of volume, roughly similar weights, or perhaps you progressed the weights and your heart rate was better in the second time you tested it. So you can kind of see an improvement over time. That is another method to track how your heart rate is going. And what we'll generally see with clients, they, they'll start tracking their heart rate, they'll start tracking, you know, they either have a Fitbit or whatever it is, or a chest monitor and they'll be doing their workouts and they'll kind of go, oh, my, my heart rate never goes over 120 or 110 during my workouts. Am I not training hard enough? And it's kind of like, that's actually what we want to see. We want to see you being able to recover quite quickly between your sets, being able to keep your training more aerobic because everyone always kind of goes, yeah, resistance training is anaerobic, but realistically, if you want to compare it to sprints, which is what everyone does, you have to then go, Let's look at repeated sprint after efforts, if I could speak, um, and repeated sprint efforts, every single sprint after the first one becomes more aerobically dominant rather than anaerobically dominant. And that's essentially what you're doing when you are lifting weights. You are doing repeated sprints if you want to claim that it's anaerobic. So you have to look at that rather than just one all-out sprint. Unless you're coming into the gym and doing you know, just one all-out set and you're just gone after that, cool, then that's probably anaerobic. If you're doing multiple sets, you're more aerobic as the session goes on. And being more aerobically fit is going to allow you accumulate more volume and recover quicker between sets. So if you're going, oh, it takes me three to five minutes between a set of eight, it's like, okay, well, let's see if we can actually get that down. Why, why do you need that three to five minutes? Let's see if we can bring that down by actually getting you fitter. So there are many reasons why you would want to get fitter. Again, some of them are covered in the article. We've discussed them before. Let's not get into it here. Then the final one is one that you would think is pretty intuitive given the industry likes to kind of go and use the rating of perceived effort scale, you know, or PE. And they kind of go, oh, how hard is that set? And they'll go, oh, it was a seven or PE. And then they just completely disregard the fact that it's not the, the intensity of your set that matters as much as how you are actually able to recover from those sets. So something probably more, uh, 
beneficial for you would be like a rating of perceived recovery. So you should be doing that in the morning. Like if you're using RPE during your training sessions and you're not using RPR, rating of perceived recovery, you know, your RPE settings or your RPE scale is always going to be pretty invalid because if you're not recovered, you're always going to be like, oh, well, that felt heavier than it was or that felt heavier than it was. Whereas if you were kind of going, I'm actually recovered. This is my rating of perceived recovery this morning. I feel like I'm at 10 out of 10. You know, maybe now today, this is the day I'm going to bump up my RPEs, you know? So if you're only using RPE, you're missing out on another scale. And I would argue for most people, understanding that it's recovery that's allowing you to train harder and it's allowing you to actually progress is key to you actually, you know, training hard and progressing. So using a perceived recovery or rating a perceived recovery, you know, it's a little bit more subjective than the more somewhat objective ones we've talked about. But if you understand that, okay, I feel more recovered because I've been doing more cardiovascular work and after my sessions, I'm not as drained. I have more energy day to day because of that like mitochondrial biogenesis. You know, you've actually upregulated the growth, we'll say, of mitochondria and you just have more energy throughout the day then you are going to feel more recovered throughout the day, you know? So that is a good scale to kind of bring in, especially if you're looking to see how is my cardiovascular work actually affecting my overall performance, my overall health, my overall life in, in general. So rating a perceived recovery. Again, it doesn't have to be hard. You can go really down the rabbit hole with this and start, you know, rating everything that would contribute to recovery. Like how was my sleep length? How was my sleep quality, et cetera, et cetera. But again, perhaps you don't have to go that deep, but understanding that it is the recovery and your perceived recovery that would allow us to dictate whether more cardio is needed, less cardio is needed, more volume in the gym is needed, less volume in the gym is needed. So it is good kind of scale to bring in. Anyway, guys, I'm going to wrap it up there. I think we're kind of, you know, 20 odd minutes into this. We always try to keep these short and sweet. And if you are interested in either looking at my face, if you're not on YouTube, this is on YouTube. If you are just looking at wanting to hear the audio, again, this is going to be on all your podcasting apps. You can stream it there. And of course, if you want to look at the article, it'll be linked in the description box for all of these. Anyway, guys, that is me. Peace out.